This podcast brought to you by Podcast Blast Off. Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Okay, copywriters, this is the very first episode, episode zero, actually, of the new Copywriters Podcast with David Garfinkel, the world's greatest copywriting coach. And we're just going to jump right into it. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Nathan. I'm loving doing this. Awesome. Now, we've already recorded a couple of episodes so far, so we have a pretty good idea of what we're going to be doing here. But just to start off the show, can you give us a quick introduction of who you are and some of the things that you've been able to do with your career as a copywriter? Sure. Um, Well, I started out as a journalist. I um, became copywriter almost in a second career. And I did really well with copywriting. I actually wrote a letter that made over $40 million for a small business client. And I was writing a lot of copy, but people kept asking me to teach and to coach. And so I ended up doing um, an audio book with Jay Conrad Levinson, the guerrilla marketing guy called Guerrilla Copywriting. I ended up putting a product on the internet in year 2000, which was a little ahead of the curve. And we just sold thousands and thousands of these with, with Mark Joyner's company, Aesop.com. Uh, I ended up um, coaching people in first part-time, then medium-time, then full-time. And that's pretty much what I do today. I've also given a lot of seminars. I've innovated some products. In 2004, I came out with copywriting templates. I'm pretty sure they were the first one. And um, Breakthrough Copywriting, which was a, a $5,000 seat seminar with some new ideas. That's now a $10 Kindle book. Uh, so <clears throat> I've been an innovator. I've been um, someone who's who's pushing the edge. My friend Mark S.A. Smith calls me a disruptor because um, he says I'm giving away better stuff than most people are charging money for. I'm not sure that's true, but I am always pushing the edge and I'm always asking the question, what's a better way to do this? What's a more efficient way to do this? What's a cheaper way to do this? Not just for me, but for end users. And how, how do we get better results and have more fun along the way? So I guess that's me in a nutshell. Did I leave anything out? Uh, well, you left a lot out, but we're going to get into it more as we go through this interview. But I'm going to just back that up and say, having done the podcast episodes that we've recorded so far and having worked with you personally, I can say that the stuff that you give away in these podcasts absolutely uh, is is leagues above what I've I've even paid for in courses. So I'm going to second that uh, that testimonial that uh, that you give away better stuff than most people are charging for. So that's going to be my personal experience. And I know that through listening to these episodes, that's definitely going to be the listener's experience as well. Well, if you and Mark S.A. Smith are on my side, you've made my day. So thank awesome. you, Nathan. <laughs> so let's get into what exactly this show is going to be about. Uh, let, let the listeners know 
um, kind of the format of the show, what kind of things that they're gonna that they're gonna learn that we talk about, and uh, and then we'll kind of go forward with this conversation. Sure. Well, um, this show is going to be different than any other podcast that I've heard. I'm not saying it's different than any other one in the world because I haven't listened to every single podcast, but instead of it being uh, like a radio talk show where I'm just interviewing people about copywriting, which I already did, by the way, in, in another project several years ago, um, this is going to be a little bit like if you were to take private coaching or private tutoring from me. And, and that is, um, we're going to do a deep dive into learning on a very narrow subject. Like for example, we have three different episodes on headlines and I'm not just rambling on and on about headlines. Uh, anyone can go on and on and on and, and try and call that wisdom. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm zeroing in on a particular type of headline. For example, uh, there there are curiosity headlines where the, the main strength of the headline is to evoke curiosity. Then there's a whole category of headlines called laziness headlines, like the lazy man's way to riches. But there's a lot more to it than that. So we go in through it, give examples, give people a few takeaways, nuggets. And for the people who are hands-on, the people who actually want to put into practice what they learned in the half hour podcast, there are some action steps. So it's not quite the same as a personalized tutorial because with personalized tutorials, everyone's different, but there's going to be some useful step-by-step -step actionable content in each podcast. Yeah. And so far we've been pretty consistent. Most of the episodes have been about a half hour's worth of length uh, of time. And, um, Going forward, are we uh, are we planning on putting out a half hour a week? What's what's your estimation on that? I'm looking at half an hour a week. I, I think that's about all anyone could take of me. <laughs> uh, um, and and really, it's it's a lot of information. Sometimes people listen to these things more than once, but half an hour is convenient. That's you know the amount of time you might spend in a gym or on a walk or on a commute, uh, riding a bike. So. Um, I think that's a convenient amount of time, and I can I can get a a deep dive into a narrow subject uh, pretty thorough in half an hour. Awesome! I feel like because when we plan to launch, and definitely keep a keep an ear out for this listener. When we plan to launch, we're going to launch with a bunch of episodes. Uh, I feel like when people hear the first couple of episodes, they're probably going to be able to just mass consume them. So far listening to you talk and learning from you is something that I can definitely handle more than a half hour a week for, uh, uh, of, but, mm -hmm. um, that's the, I guess we got to tease them and keep them wanting more. Well, we'll, we'll see how much we can do. It, it takes a lot of time to prep these things. It don't take a lot of time to record, but, um, we'll see. I'm, I'm open to all kinds of things, but one promise I can make now is one half hour episode a week. Okay. So let's get into Obviously, you're widely held as the world's greatest copywriting coach. And before I even met you, that's how when I was first introduced to your work, I was I was constantly told, yeah, this is David Garfinkel. You got to check him out. He's the world's greatest copywriting coach. How has that worked its way into the way that you plot out the show, the way that we re that we record these shows and the content that goes into the shows? 
Well, okay. I, I'm doing this. That's a great question. I had never thought of that before. Um, but it instantly came to my mind. So when I'm working with a client on developing a unique sales proposition or USP or positioning, one of the key questions I ask and may have to explore this with a client for more than a couple minutes, but we, we can get through this in a couple minutes pretty easily because it's clear in my mind. The question is, what are your competitors, your colleagues, your your coworkers, your brothers and sisters, your fellow, what is everyone else doing that, or not doing, that people wish someone would do? What's missing in the competitive landscape? What can, in other words, for the listener, I'm asking the question for listeners, for each individual listener, what would they like to hear or know or have about copywriting that they can't get anywhere. See, Nathan, people read Breakthrough Advertising, Gene Schwartz's book, they read John Caples, they read Claude Hopkins, they read a lot of the modern masters, and their heads are full of knowledge. And they can quote headlines and statistics and, and you know, like all kinds of stuff. And when it comes down to sit down and write, they're like in a terror and a panic or that deer in the headlights look. They don't know what to do. And maybe they can get started and then they have to write bullets and they have no idea how to do that. And I'm going on the assumption that no one else really teaches that the way I teach that. So I'm saying, okay, now when I work with someone and it's pretty expensive to work with me and I'm not you know, shy or, or, um, you know, being cutesy about that, um, less expensive than John Benson or Chris Haddad or John Carlton, but at, at that level, but still pretty expensive. Um, I'll do much more than on these calls because I will take a lot of the things that you'll be listening to and customize it to the particular person's situation. And there are some things I do that you couldn't do a show about because they're just too spontaneous and in the moment and they don't really fall into categories. But it's like, it's as close as you're going to get without paying for it to having a personal coaching session with me. And so because I've spent all this time, I went back to school, I got a master's degree, I got a PhD level coaching certification and I do this all the time and of course this podcast there are other things I think on Facebook my posts are different than everyone else who writes about copywriting um, it, a, a lot of it just has to do with focus and repetition and skill development and uh, all of those things you know you, you, you get anyone who um, really dedicates themselves to one thing somewhat to the exclusion of everything else and they end up getting better. Nice. That's definitely been my experience so far recording these episodes. It feels like uh, all of these episodes that we've done so far that the listener can look forward to hearing. They've all been very deep dive, a hundred percent content, 0% fluff. And a lot of the copywriting podcasts that are out there uh, definitely They'll spend a half hour and they'll maybe make one point and the rest of it is a bunch of fluff. And your podcast episodes are just, 
a, a light bulb a minute, a light bulb a second is going off in my head. And, and typically after we get done recording one of these episodes, I don't even get the chance to mix it down because I'm off to my computer and I'm working on my copy. Well, that's about the best testimonial I could ask for. If my producer can't even find the time to, to produce the show because he gets so inspired by, by what I'm saying. Uh, but seriously, you know, I, I do have a very uh, silly, fluffy, stupid side to myself, um, but I, I take this work seriously. I don't take myself all that seriously. Anyone who knows me knows I can be a real goofball. But when it comes to this stuff, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's people's livelihoods. It, you know, uh, copywriting isn't just a thing. It's it's how people make living so that they can feed their kids, so that they can get food and shelter and medical care when they need it, all those things. I'm not trying to get too heavy or dramatic about it, but I, I take it seriously. And so I figure anyone who's using it to make all or part of their living is taking it seriously, too. Let's kind of talk about who the ideal listener is. Who's going to get the most out of listening to the show? Who who do you have in mind when you're putting your show notes together and when we're recording these episodes? Who is it that you're making the show for? It's a great question. It's a great copywriting question, too. Um, so let me first say who it's not. Um, it's not someone who wants to argue with me or with the general principles of copy, who wants to prove that branding is all that counts or that content is all that counts or that people don't want to be sold or that products, you know, uh, and anyone who's been in the copywriting game has run into those people and they, they should really, you know, go off somewhere else and get their needs met. Okay. Here's who it is for. It's for someone who is, to one degree or another, from a beginner to an experienced pro, from a part-time internet marketer or business owner who has a, a ground-based business, a, a retail business, a bricks-and-mortar business, and wants to use postcards or email lists, up to an A-list professional copywriter. And some of them do very confidentially come to me for advice too, but especially the people between those, the business owner who's gotten his basic, her basic copywriting chops down and wants to take it to the next level. The copywriter who's a freelancer now and wants to go from, you know, B minus to B plus or C to B level or even B to A list. Um, those kind of people, people who are actively involved in this, who are interested in finding legitimate shortcuts, ethical shortcuts, not not corner cutting shortcuts, but faster ways to do the right thing the right way. Nice. So you mentioned earlier and you kind of teased at a sales letter that you wrote that for a small company, a small business that ended up pulling in millions of dollars of revenue for them. And we kind of briefly talked about how you used to do journalism and you, you sort of started a side career as a copywriter. I'd like to kind of get into that story a little bit more. Um, so, so I guess the first place to start is where was the first time that you realized that you thoroughly enjoyed writing? Hmm. Yeah, I guess it was when I was eight years old and 
um, I was having my breakfast and, um, that was before I, I knew that I had wheat and milk allergies. <laughs> so, um, or maybe I, I didn't at the time. So I was eating post sugar smacks and I was reading the back of the cereal box. And of course, sugar smacks had a mascot named sugar bear and sugar bear was in deep trouble. He had stolen a beehive from the bees to get the honey and the bees were coming after him and the contest was how can sugar bear get out of this trouble that he's in send send it in and we will give you a prize if you have the best answers so i thought about it and i said well and there's a picture of sugar bear in this big meadow and and the, you know is carrying the the beehive with honey in his paws and their swarm of bees, angry swarm of bees were coming after him. So I thought, well, that's obvious. Um, he just needs to put the beehive down, uh, find a bowl, fill the bowl full of sugar smacks, put some milk in it, and then run to the other side of the meadow because everyone loves sugar smacks and the bees will just migrate over there and he'll be out of the woods. So, um, I think I said it a little better than, than I could do when I was eight years old just now, but that was the essence of my story. I, I wrote it on a piece of notebook paper, put it in with the box top, mailed it to post, and a couple months later, I got a sugar bear doll in the mail. So I realized, hey, this is fun. And I can do it. Now, I didn't, I didn't translate that into copywriting for Oh my gosh, I was about eight then, and I really started my copywriting career in my late 30s, early 40s. So it was, took, took about 30 years for me to get the point. But um, that was the first time that I ever did anything like that. Now, going from a journalist, which is definitely on the other end of the spectrum when it comes to writing, a lot of journalists that I know kind of look down on salespeople and copywriting. How did you, coming from that world, step into the world of copywriting? Yeah, good point. Um, I uh, I really resisted advertising when I was a journalist because we thought advertisers were evil. Um, actually, what I didn't realize, most advertisers were just stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they, they weren't evil so much as um, wasteful. Most of them had ads that absolutely wouldn't work that reflected a lot of glory on the advertiser, but did nothing for sales or for their prospects. But anyway, um, yeah, I left a really successful journalism career with McGraw-Hill. I was the San Francisco bureau chief. Uh, this was in the mid 80s and I wasn't very happy. I didn't. And, you know, people thought I had mental problems because I left the job. People at the company did. Um, I quit the job because I was having mental problems doing the job. It was really not working for me. I didn't know why. I kind of do now, but it's not important. What what happened is I, I went on a oh, about an eight-year journey trying different things. At the time I first got really introduced to copywriting, I was teaching public speaking with a business partner, and someone sent him a gift subscription, a six-month gift subscription to Gary Halbert's newsletter. And he didn't think much of it, but he knew enough about me. So he said, David, why don't you look at this? I think you might like it. And I looked at it, and I read it. 
you know, eight pages, um, typewritten, uh, short sentences, um, totally compelling, mesmerizing copy. And I just couldn't believe it. I read it and I read it again. I must've read it over 20 times and I couldn't figure out what he was doing. I didn't know anything about copywriting. Uh, I just didn't. Um, most people don't, you know, most people don't even know what it is, but, uh, I didn't at the time. And I said, I don't know what this is, but this feels right. I mean, this is sort of when the sugar bear thing was starting to pay off and I didn't even <laughs> realize it. It still hadn't put, connected all the dots, but, um, anyway, yeah. And then I, um, uh, there was a hurricane in Florida a couple of years later called Hurricane Andrew, which just wiped out part of the southern tip of Florida. And Gary held a seminar to raise money for the Red Cross. And he didn't charge us. He said, at the end of this seminar, I want you to write a check for the amount of value you receive, not to me, but to the Red Cross to help victims of Hurricane Andrew. And so at that seminar, I met John Carlton who's a good friend to this day. Um, he asked me to co-lead his uh, Platinum Mastermind group, David Deutsch, who I'm friends with and in contact with a lot. I met Ted Nicholas. I met Dan Kennedy. I'm doing some uh, critiques for uh, the GKIC copywriting confidential thing, which he founded. I'm not sure. I think he sold, so he doesn't own it anymore, but he's associated with I met Gary. Um, probably met a... Carl Coletti, I met him. I met a lot of people at that seminar. And um, it, uh, wow, I mean, really changed my life. And and then from there, things started to happen faster. You know, I met J. Conrad Levinson. Uh, within two minutes, he asked me to write a book with him. Um, turns out that book, he wanted me to write Guerrilla Direct Mail. That never happened. But we ended up collaborating on two other books and um, co-authoring the audio book. Um, guerrilla copywriting. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I sort of got catapulted or I catapulted myself. I didn't, didn't, I'm not a victim. I, I, I catapulted myself. Uh, oh, by the way, at, at that point, it, uh, when I first started copywriting, I hadn't been doing well in business at all. Cause I wasn't a journalist anymore. didn't have a salary and couldn't find a high value activity. I could get enough work to do in to, to pay the rent. And so I was really going under, I was back on my taxes, credit cards up the wazoo. Family members didn't really want to even take my calls because I was so desperate. That's changed, of course, <laughs> you know, but that, that was, um, uh, where, where I was coming from at the time and, and copywriting was the one thing got me out of it. I really like it. You can make a lot of money with it. You can help other people make a lot of money when you write copy for them. So I don't know. What else do you want to know? <laughs> uh, I'm going to add one thing. You said that copywriting has helped you provide yourself a good lifestyle. It helps, uh, it helps your clients be able to sell their products and provide themselves a good lifestyle. It also helps people that buy those products. It helps people that would maybe be too skeptical or maybe not even know that something exists and it's something that could improve their lives and without what copywriters do a lot of these people wouldn't even 
have the opportunity to experience the things that we help people sell. So it's really a win, win, win situation. Yeah, you're right. It is. Um, I never thought of that before, but you're absolutely right. Good copy can help a lot of people find solutions that don't make it through traditional, uh, sometimes, you know, uptight, stiff marketing channels. Um, uh, yeah. And, and I know I've gotten a lot of products that have really changed my life because of the good copy that was written about them that helped me see in advance the value I would get out of them. So yeah, I agree. Nice. So I'd like to kind of touch on the story. This is one of my favorite stories that I've ever heard you tell, which is the story of uh, your first really good sales letter. I, I'd like to let you <laughs> kind of walk the listener through um, your first, maybe not your first, but one of your first uh, successful ventures into copywriting and, and how you knew that this was right for you. Oh, yeah. Um, that was the Abacus Travel Management letter. So a little background. This was. Yeah, it was it was pretty early in my copywriting career. And Abacus Travel Management was the kind of company that could not exist anymore because um the internet and advances in travel agent travel booking have, have made it obsolete. But at the time it was a very this is a long time ago, the early nineties, uh very very forward looking um company what they would do is they would go into a business and they would let the business become their own travel agent. They'd put their own ticket printer in them. Again, this is before the internet. This is way old school kind of stuff. And, uh, it, you know, this was also at the time when a travel agent would get 10% of the, um, retail price of a ticket and there weren't as many discounts. So it was a much more profitable business. Anyway, they had this service and they were great at getting clients when they got them through referrals. Their advertising was a fairly heavy, slick, beautiful brochure could have hung in the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And it got them exactly no clients. <laughs> it, you know, it was typical ad agency crap that makes the business look really good to the business owners, but doesn't mean anything shows no value to prospects. So they needed a new marketing solution because they were doing okay, but they wanted to grow. And actually, uh, my girlfriend at the time, Sally, uh, referred them to me because she knew Bonnie, who was the owner of the company, as well as a CPA. And that, that's important for later. Um, they were in the same networking group. So I worked on the sales letter. Um, it was about two and a half pages. I had some mentoring at the time from a wonderful guy named Glenn Osborne. And Glenn helped me with the letter. Um, and... He wasn't mean, but he, he was demanding. I had to rewrite that damn thing seven times. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I just kept redoing it. The, the writing was so different from what I had done as a journalist or as an author. It was a completely different kind of writing. And I'd already had sales training, and I'd learned how to sell. I'd been selling my services, maybe not as well as I could have at the time. But... um there was a salesmanship in the writing that I hadn't 
really gotten comfortable with or proficient at yet. Anyway, um, came up with the letter. Um, one of the things about the letter was we promised if a prospect would just have a meeting with someone from Abacus, we Abacus would give them a box of Godiva chocolates. And this this company was in Phoenix, so worked great in the winter. Not so great in the summer. They had to have these huge packs of dry ice just to keep the chocolate from melting. But bottom line is they only mailed out 25 at a time. We got a, a mailing list of owners of Jaguars and I think it was Jaguars and Mercedes. Um, two, two high-end cars that entrepreneurs would typically get, especially after they'd arrived. And entrepreneurs were the perfect prospect for these guys. They would mail them out 25 at a time. They had to stop mailing it. They were getting too many meetings. And eventually they got so much business that Bonnie, who's a CPA, as well as the president of the company, the owner of the company, toted up all of the sales they'd got. And we realized that they were making $5 million a year recurring revenue. In other words, the client stayed on and on. Because once someone became a client of Abacus, they'd never leave. They were just such a great company. And that lasted for eight years, and then the company was sold. So $40 million in revenue, about $4 million in profit. And I'm sure that added to the valuation of the company when they sold it, too. Well, uh, that's a lot of business, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the thing from copywriting point of view. Once I did that, once I started to get those results, even though I didn't get paid very much for that letter, I've gotten paid quite a bit more since and royalties. But this is really early in my career. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, still. Um, I had to rewrite it seven times with someone else's mentoring, which is fine. I'm I'm very appreciative for that. I said, this is great. Uh, this I, I like this kind of writing a lot. So that's how I got started, Nathan. Nice. That's like I said, that's one of my favorite stories to hear you tell. Mm, great. Thanks. Yeah, I love telling it. It's fun, fun to relive that. Okay, David, thank you. This has been a fantastic first episode for the Copywriters Podcast. I want to, before we're out of here, I want to give a quick call to action to the listeners that got early access to this podcast. We're about to launch on iTunes, so we'll be sending out emails to the email that you subscribed to get this podcast episode with. So definitely keep an eye out in your email inbox for emails from David uh, to let you know when the podcast is going to be officially launched. It's right around the corner. You don't want to miss out on that. And one of the things is we are going to be announcing a special contest. This is by far, I've, I've launched a lot of podcasts with people. I've helped run promotional contests for the launch of different podcasts. This by far, David, we've talked about this. I don't want to spoil the surprise. People need to tune in to the first couple episodes to find out all the details about this contest. But this by far is the most valuable contest that I've ever been uh, privy to help uh, provide for listeners of a podcast launch. So I'm just going to say what David's going to give to people as part of this promotional launch of this podcast goes miles beyond anything that other podcasters or uh, copywriters out there have done. So I 
cannot wait. I don't want to spill the beans on it, but I can't wait to get it out there. So you definitely want to make sure that you're tuned in for that. And then just a final call to action. If you know somebody that is going to benefit from having stronger copywriting, maybe a copywriter, maybe a small business owner, somebody that you know that's struggling to get sales and and needs to have the messages and the, and the information that's going to be conveyed in the future episodes of this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast episode and you know somebody else that's going to enjoy it as well, that you want to, uh, you want to provide that value to them, kind of pay it forward, make sure that you send them over to the copywriters podcast so that they can sign up so they can get this episode so that they can get notified of when the podcast launches. Well, you'll be helping them. You'll be helping us and we'll all thank you. David, this has been a fantastic episode. I just want to say thank you for uh, taking me up on the offer to put this podcast together. I feel super blessed to be part of this project, and um, I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's great having you as a producer and as a co-conspirator and coming up with the ideas. Awesome. All right. Until we officially launch, until next time, we will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. copywriters make sure to keep your eye on your inbox over the next couple weeks we'll be sending you information about when the show launches the only way to find out about when it launches is from my emails you don't want to miss this so stay alert and stay tuned